0: should spend the better part of our time, yours and mine, with a green like this. Maybe some of it would rub off. You paint your own TV on the wall, carve out insects to feed us all. Lights flash,
1: Good afternoon. You've got Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel. Today on the program, Kristen Hirsch is here. Kristen, welcome. Thank you. So so thanks for being on the show. It's like going home. <laughs> <laughs> After six years. Yeah, nice it, to be back in my basement. It's been a long time since you've been here at WCBN. I
2: think that's so, very sad. Sorry about
1: that. I, well, you know, it's as much my fault, if not more.
2: Well, I'll start okay. hanging out here more often. I'll try to which, get annoying, which, which I can
1: do. <laughs> I would love that. I I'm think good that, at annoying. <laughs> I don't believe you, but if you are, bring it on. Um, I should say we're speaking. This is a taped show. Uh, Kristen is here the 14th of May, 2013. Um
2: yeah, so if I die, that you're in the clear. You don't have to pretend,
1: <laughs> or we can still play the show. We can, yeah. We can, people might listen. Can, then. I'll see what I, I can do. Hey, and my mom clumsy. listens. <laughs> no, I am now knocking poor on, driver, <laughs> knocking on wood. Well, um, geez, well, quickly, let me just say that we've got before us, um, Rat Girl on the Table, a memoir. Um, this came out with Penguin USA, 2010. Kristen Uh, Rat Girl somewhere. I might
2: say that somewhere in.
1: I think, but, but you can go and pick up your copy of Rat Girl. Now a memoir. And we just heard, um, a a track from Crooked, Mm -hmm. which is also, which is the latest album and also available to pick up. And what was that track called that we heard the first piece of Mississippi kite, Mississippi kite. Okay. Um, so we'll, and we'll be hearing more of Crooked, the album, um, as the show goes on too. And uh, so you were actually speaking of uh, cars and driving and you, you actually had a a formative moment when you were hit by a car and that's when the music changed for you. I learned this from reading rat girl (laughs) And and it was, so it happened sort of, um, Back in was it 1985, Kristen? Something Is that like sort that. of like sure? If we're thinking, it in was the, a long time the, ago. No, no, <laughs> it seems like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: yeah, I was hit by a car when I was 16 or 17, and uh, I had uh, I my foot came off. My foot was knocked off, and I I found it, stuck it back on, and that's if you stick it back on, that's just called a broken leg. You know, they don't say broken half leg. So that's okay. You was know, it that, still that's...
1: somehow attached? Because the, the, when, you, when you tell the story in Rat Girl, it seems like it was actually a part. And it was like behind your back, but not attached. It and... was under my leg.
2: Oh, so it was a little bit attached. Did you want to talk more about it? <laughs> That's <laughs> let's,
1: let's get into the med well actually interesting. it's interesting. it's intriguing. But what's what's kind of amazing is what happened with I guess the the impact because somehow how you how songs came to you or how yeah. you heard music changed. The leg
2: got better but my head never did. I uh got a I had a double concussion afterwards and I started hearing things in the hospital. Uh he would hear machines and voices and the sounds started changing i was i already considered myself a musician i had a band but i made stuff up i like most people do i wrote songs and in the hospital i noticed the sounds sort of organizing and sounding more like a vocabulary with which i was familiar a um a sonic vocabulary that i could Arrange uh and then I noticed that it was arranging itself, and some of the the voices could be construed as melodic percussion or or lyrics, in other words, and so that that has continued to this day, and that's that's sort of why i I work because the songs are I
1: didn't make them up they keep and they keep coming,
2: yeah, I sort of wish they didn't sometimes because it's kooky, and I don't. I'm not really cut out for kooky. I liked, I, I was a biology major. I was ready for things to make sense, to be measurable. And then this happened, and I couldn't measure something that I knew to be real without playing it. That's my measurement. So this is more like my science than my my art, although I will admit they have those two fields have a lot in common. But I don't feel like an artist. I feel like... A listener
1: (laughs) and a listener who's able to well good listener that then um, is able to recognize what the sonic vocabulary is is becoming and then you're putting or aligning chords with it or knowing because it's also coming as different instruments, it seems yeah. like as well. Like you know, where the percussive,
2: right? I, I bits have are to learn them. it, and, and like on my solo record, what you just played, I play all the instruments, and so I don't need to teach anyone how it's supposed to go. Right. But I've also worked with the same musicians, I, Dave Narciso, the drummer for Throwing Muses. Uh, we've known each other since we were nine years old. We were fourth graders together. We're when you know someone that long, you don't really have to talk anymore. <laughs> right? We just know the right thing to do. And um Dave is a very intuitive drummer anyway, so I, I wouldn't really tell Dave what to do. But uh, I've I've worked with musicians and had to say, you know, you you, you can't hear it, but it doesn't go like that. <laughs> That can weird people out. <laughs> so that's why I like to play all the instruments. That makes that I don't makes weird sense anyone too. out.
1: <laughs> but also, if they're choosing to play in the band with you, they probably have an understanding. I, I would, yes. I would say that you're pretty convincing, and they would know to trust you. Yeah. Absolutely. And I learned to trust them as well,
2: because if if I'm going to believe that the song is real, I have to believe in the impact it has in the physical world, not just in the air above my head. It, When it achieves a song body here, it must resonate with others, a, others yes, too. a like human, the- whether it's a listener or another musician or one of my kids or <laughs> a dog. It has to have an impact in the room. And I I trust
1: that. So a receiver of sorts or, or, yeah. or I feel like in, in Red Girl, you almost describe it. And I know th- this writing is also coming from parts in a diary from long ago. So I don't mean to say that, like quote you back to you or so. Okay. <laughs> I don't mean to do it that didn't at all. not change
2: very much. So. That,
1: well, that's what I'm wondering. Okay. Because in the, in Red Girl, you say there's this moment where you feel like being in the room where it's the energy of everyone, who's there, who's present, is part of what's fueling the song. That's so true and so important. Uh, uh, I don't think
2: any piece of music will work or happen if it isn't uh, taken up by the the people in the room and created as something you're holding up in the air together. Not that you need lots of people there. You can hold it up yourself in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Yeah. It will happen, but it, it, uh, they. If they're there, they need to play a role. They they can't turn their back on the music and then have it work. And I trust that resonance. I I really have a lot of respect for listeners because they teach me about the songs and they, they sort of spit them back at me. I, I learn a lot about the song body. This is getting huh. really groovy. But, but- so
1: how? Be- uh, because you can the song body because you're also. Perceiving it because you're it also seems like you you look into a space when yeah. you perform or when you're of, in I the disappear. song
2: here I'm practically drooling with my eyes rolling back in my head. I, I'm <laughs> <That's> not <laughs> pretty, yeah, it's real pretty. <laughs> But I'm not a performer. I'm just sort of the opposite. I have to turn invisible or it doesn't work. Like a vehicle or... or There's no way to say that that doesn't sound pretentious. Yeah, yeah. as soon as I said that, I was
1: like, now yeah. I've made you into some <laughs> some music medium and you a won't want to come back. How a drooler, I jeweler. Yeah. It's, it's much yeah, there's a it video. kinder to the... My son <laughs> like just he- sent
2: me a video for the song loon" that a friend of mine made in Amsterdam. And there's a part well, where I'm... There's a, I think that it was made alongside um, a video where lip syncing where I actually look like a normal human girl, you know, <laughs> and then there's a part where I'm singing live, and. I look like I'm having a seizure. I mean, not not Joe Cocker, not like showing off seizure, right. but like it's actually happening. Like, there's not like right. she's not okay. Like, she, someone keep the medics close. Yeah, and I thought I shouldn't have put that on film you, because you're not in the room. You don't understand why I'm doing that.
1: Right. Well, and actually, that's a good point because there is something different about the energy in the room. Right. Yeah. When people is, are there, but I think, yeah. but don't you think also then then a lot of people who are watching these pieces are also wanting to kind of uh, go back to that moment and they'll be able to remember w- mm. what it was like so that's a good point yeah. don't, so don't feel like you're
2: <laughs> you're here out there well at there one point with, I'm holding um, one of my children on my lap and it is a little disturbing <laughs> that I would be mothering and disappearing at the same time.
1: <laughs> well, they were they were stably on your left. La- they were right. They were yeah You're yeah, like, yeah, gonna it, fall off, right? Yeah, <laughs> but
2: it's, it's kind of subtle. Things. It's just sort of like huh. wrong. It just looks wrong. <laughs>
1: Okay. Now, so I have a question for you about this, because I wonder about this idea of energy and then the songs coming to you and then um, the the doghouse and then how sometimes in Rat Girl, at least, you'll say it's just evil.
2: Yeah. I didn't like it at all. It was huge. And it was like a god to me. But part of that... Was I couldn't say it in the book because the book was originally a diary, so it would have been jumping in and sort of
1: like the reflective view, lying. Yeah, so.
2: I didn't know I was bipolar, so I was manic and I was blaming the songs for all of those symptoms. The mania can add so much color, so much garish color to your experience, and it forces your cells to release so much excess energy. That um, I I thought the music was making me sick was 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 the craziness and it, it wasn't so now it, I feel like it respects me a little bit I've always respected it but it's much more gentle with me now so that element of it is is gone right, like that yeah. uh, d- if bipolar disorder is under control and the music is just music and you know I could have lived without it maybe but it's interesting it's intense.
1: And this, but the song still, as when it's coming to you, it still feels like something's coming and you have to spend time with it still, Kristen, yeah. to have it form or so you can listen to it and have it become the song. Yeah, Articulate. it's a distraction and the people
2: around me can tell when there's a song going on. Actually, some of them can feel it before I can hear it. They, they say it's like electricity before I even know what's going on.
1: So there, so, so that's kind of amazing too, because that's another physical presence yeah. that people are aware there of. There are in a lot of
2: physical analogs to uh, invisible experience. Yeah, we don't always recognize that, but there are.
1: Right, like what don't we see? That's yeah, we can still experience. Well, let's take a short break, and we'll come back. Maybe Kristen, would you mind reading some from Rec Girl when sure. we come back? Kristen Hirsch here today on Living Writers her memoir Rat Girl with Penguin USA. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You've Got Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel. Today on the program, Kristen Hirsch is here. Rat Girl, a memoir with Penguin USA. I'd like to say thanks to Greg, who's behind the engineering glass. And and, uh, thanks also to Echo and Gina being here behind the glass. Uh, For once, we have a studio audience in some ways, right? (laughs) This they're is so, a, so adorable too. They, they are. It's so cute. They're, they're, they're back there. Beats behind the glass. Like puppies. <laughs> they're smiling. Oh, they are like puppies. Aw. Little doggies in the window. <laughs> oh, someone's not happy with that. Kittens too. They're like kittens. All right then. Well <laughs> So, and we just heard uh, what what was the track that we just heard from Crooked? Crate. Crate. Okay. And so, um, so again that's that's an album that you can and it's just, it feels like um it's an album of stories then um mm-hmm. is it different from or is i don't know Kristen, in some ways, I feel like it's always there always the songs are these stories of yours, yeah,
2: uh, sometimes it takes me a little while to learn them <laughs> i I am so i'm such a um I don't like a sideways observer. I don't like looking directly at them. It seems limiting for me to do that. Uh because songs the good ones are not stuck in linear time. They they don't necessarily change like they're more like a, a person. There's a, a fundamental substance at play. And yet they they will morph as they grow and uh meet new people and to to hear a song through someone else's impression of it is really valuable to me because they they seem better at it they're not sideways observers they you will look if, directly at a song and so tell if someone's
1: me. even if someone else is singing it to you or even if people are Just telling you way, about the yeah, song it that, became what it my soundtrack them or exactly oh, okay. it
2: feels like this season it feels like mm. this story it happened and explained this to me it's uh, really intriguing. I mean, it's not unlike my children. You, know, Other people meet them, they go off in the world, they come back, and I know
1: that I didn't make that up. They just are. Right, and then you hear things that other people yes. say about them, and they're telling right. you... Look what they do in the world. Like, right. And
2: that defines them a little bit more than my limited impression of them.
1: But it also seems like part of your mission with the songs, I uh, can't speak about the children, <laughs> <laughs> but that you leave purposefully or or somehow... Uh, or somehow it seems like with intention that openings and space in the songs so that things aren't I don't know I feel like like it's too clever or it's too oh, told yes. or I
2: can't stand clever if I ever slip up and start talking getting in the way of the song it it's I know because it looks clever uh, I just hate
1: that and so then maybe you feel like it's too closed down or it's too Pin it's limited to, to me pin. and I'm limited. nothing.
2: You know, I have no business pinning a song. The song is alive. It should ask to be born. I just, I don't like ideas. Like, I, I don't like it when people say, I have an idea for a book. It's just too much you. The book should need to be puked out of you. No, it should <laughs> right? have to be born. And, <laughs> and songs, even more so, because it's, they happen in a few minutes. They should be. Bursts of activity that you can't even follow, and then you'll, you'll catch up eventually, maybe or not. Yeah. But it, it shouldn't be an idea for a song because that's even less than you, and you're crap. You know, <laughs>
1: it's like. But it's about the experience of yeah, it. Then right. Right? you should right? be so taking be a ride. In, yeah, not
2: in, making something up.
1: Yeah inside it so that you can be outside the self or so or feel otherwise you're
2: not gonna hit the universal it's just a little smug to
1: make up a song right right (laughs) right well that's okay well that i feel bears more thinking about (laughs) so could we kristen could we hear some of rat girl now
2: absolutely this section is about my friend betty hutton who was an old movie actress but in her day, she was as big as Judy Garland. Even bigger, she stole roles from Judy Garland. She was on the cover of Time magazine. She had her own TV show. But I, I had never heard of her. And when I was a teenager, you couldn't Google stalk someone. Oh, right. Right. And I sort of didn't want to know. I liked her thinking that she was nuts and that she was making up this Hollywood for herself that was more beautiful than what I knew of Hollywood, which is just, you know, goofy. Right. Uh, so I liked the, the dream, the Betty dream, and then it all turned out to be true, which was really, was a letdown. <laughs> it was like just the regular dumb old Hollywood. She was just in movies, but, but to me, she was more special than that. She was
1: nuts <laughs> <laughs> well i I mean, even if you tell like a a short bit about her, she would come to the shows like the the early throwing Muses shows, mm-hmm. right, and she would say, there's too many syllables in the name, yeah, and then throw-ing you throwing muses and that turned her. out to
2: be true. Oh. No one can pronounce my band's name
1: <laughs> but then you said the same as yours betty in in a way, right, yep. like betty hutton mm-hmm. and then um but then she would bring her priest, like you'd always put her on the guest list, yeah and. Then, she and her priest would come.
2: Yeah, because it seems surreal. It does. I'll read it now. And okay, <laughs> you'll see how is surreal that part it was. Of the setup? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Far from everyone, huddled in a corner of the club, are Betty and her priest. I've never asked her why she brings her priest to shows, but he's always there. I know they're very close. They're sort of dating spiritually, and they never miss a show. It's funny. Like every day is bring your grandma and her priest to work day. Betty can't even pronounce the name of the band. She says throwing muses is too many syllables. I told her Betty Hutton has just as many, but she ignored me. Tonight, Betty's wig is gold, and she's wearing her blue cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. Her priest is dressed as a priest. (laughs) (laughs) The two of them lean against the back wall of the club, talking. Betty has gigantic sunglasses on because she doesn't like being recognized. When we play gay bars, she and her priest look like a couple of nifty drag queens, but in this dismal rock club, they look small and lonely, out of place. It's sad that this is their big Friday night out on the town. There are probably better things for an old lady and her priest to do on a Friday night. But Betty thinks she has to come to all of our shows because I need help. This is true. She says I'm a reluctant performer. Also true and that she can learn me up to sparkle. This will never happen. Betty grew up in the golden age of Hollywood, back when movies were Broadway on film, so her idea of music is singing as entertainment. And you can't call what I do singing or entertainment. I hiss and yell and wail. Sometimes I make seagull noises, unfortunately. Music is something I have almost no control over, like well-rehearsed Tourette's. When Betty sings, she sits at a piano and says lovely things about hope and broken hearts. I often sing phonetically, as if I don't speak English. The words climb out of my throat and into my mouth, then I have to spit them out. Betty sings about starlight and champagne. I sing about dead rabbits and blowjobs. When I say playing music is owning violence, she says it's owning love. When I say it's math, she says it's tap dancing. When I say it's my gun, she says it's her dance card. I've also noticed that she sings notes that go with the chords in her songs. I have yet to do that. It sounds pretty when Betty does it. It sounds boring and goofy when I do it. So I make up new notes, ones that don't belong anywhere near the chords I'm playing, and I sing those. People must think, it's so nice of them to let that deaf girl sing. Thank you, Krista.
1: Sure. <laughs> so Betty becomes this wonderful character that sort of is um she helps well your dude um your your father introdu- introduces the two of you at some point, right? Cuz he said cuz you were young going to college and Betty was old Going to college. Yeah. And he said since... We really didn't have any other friends so for he that reason. So he introduced you guys. And she
2: thought that I was headed for showbiz. So she had all this... Uh, the sparkle young, part. Yeah, this like young Betty advice for me. And I wasn't young Betty, but I'm not sure she ever figured that out. And she did have good advice. You know, there are lots of drugs and mm. lots of... Um, sexism and uh she was probably right about the performing thing too though that was never going to happen for me i wasn't going to turn into that
1: well that would be that would have been a whole different life kristen there would be a different this would not be called i just
2: want to suck this would
1: would be rat girl no no corgi no no, sparkly 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 yeah it would not be um and in, in the piece that you read to us, um just now from Rack Girl, you say that the sometimes you're you're working with non language and the, the words just come up and the sounds come out. Is that so would you say that's part of the is that the creative part or is that also happening during the time when you're playing music, um, just a Oh, a show. It, it
2: flies out it's in a, a similar fashion there's there is some craft to it and there's a lot of inspiration but i don't know what the word creativity means really if something just happens who's who's creating it i don't think i created any of my kids either but i recognize inspiration as almost electricity mm-hmm. and images glowing <laughs> words and and then the craft, I know I do have to begin production as soon as a song shows itself. Uh, in my, my Throwing Music songs are all played on my Strat or my Telly. 50 Foot Wave songs are played on my SG or my Les Paul. Solo songs are played on my Callings guitars. And so I know when I reach for a guitar, I'm beginning oh. production at that, that moment. So there's, there is craft. You know, I'm not a medium. I'm not no. that groovy. Yes, <laughs> contrary to the earlier
1: <laughs> way the conversation I, I just like
2: the, the reality of the, the moment of inspiration. I, I think that's when you first meet the song body and it's your job to serve it. Like a, a kid has a soul that you didn't invent, you know, right. but you helped its body along. Right, right. To continue that analogy and drive it into the ground. <laughs> no, no.
1: <laughs> um, and and it occurs to me, like with the the doghouse, Kristen, was that like the invertive, like, got, inverted God house too? Were mm. you sort of
2: yeah. thinking Satan of that? Satan and God are very similar. <laughs> yeah, I just decided that because that was the first time mania had ever hit me, that it was uh, a bad apartment where evil music lived. And I, I couldn't never, I couldn't understand why it it came back after I left that apartment. You, 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 mania um, can instill a lot of magical thinking in you because you you don't uh, you're not able to explain a lot of what's happening. Images aren't supposed to appear out of thin air, for example, and neither are sounds. Um, so you. You have, there's nothing else to do when you can't explain something. It's it's magic, mm. and the and it's thinking because the the mind is cr- you're trying to explain. Yeah, trying to make sense of something you it, that you're perceiving. It makes no sense.
1: Yeah, um, and and with the the song body, I love that because I feel like sometimes words like creativity, like there's different. Like you can have a different length like a way of saying it. you can say um, uh like electricity or or there's ways of understanding it or a different but but by choosing the words you use to talk about it, it changes what it is as well. Hmm. so I'm not trying to say it, creativity equals electricity and like I'm not trying to no, say one equals another <laughs> um, but but I love that phrase song body, so how did that? because I don't think I've I feel like you might have said it when I last spoke with you but I'm not sure I'm familiar with anyone else saying that Kristen is it just cuz it feels like it's it's whole it's yeah. a being right or it feels real like a
2: presence and you know when it walks into the room and when it doesn't I can play the song I can sing the words and play the chords and nothing will happen no song body will come into the room you can tell when i suck <laughs> i'm just not there i'm not making it happen and in fact, my whole career has been full of that. I think if I weren't asked by record companies to play music that made sense to people, I wouldn't have let the craft overtake the inspiration and played so many songs that were in the basic structure, say, or um, familiar instrumentation. I, I really would have served that kind of on fire inspiration moment a little more succinctly. And instead, I, I gave a what I thought was an unpretentious representation of the song body that wouldn't hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not sure how I feel about that, because I don't like pretense, and I wouldn't want the music to be marginalized just because I was professionally. Or feeling contained somehow. Or just disappeared, not heard, because it was exactly what I heard In that moment of inspiration, I don't think anyone, it wouldn't have been um, on a record. You know, nobody would have signed that. So what I had to do was give a more, you know, present a more familiar version. And still, they called me nuts. You know, they still thought it was insanity, so... Um, I'm not really sure what the answer is. I guess just to let a few hundred years go by and let people get used to music the way it really sounds instead of the way the music business has made it sound.
1: And it's interesting because even early conversations that you would have with Leslie, T. and Dave where you would talk about music as candy or as beer, like it like makes you feel good, but then it's gone, like it's emptiness yeah, those were or something. Yeah, the so. bands
2: that we used to play with. Um, and it, it's okay. I, I don't want to judge people, but it's a different phenomenon. I guess it's not art. I don't know how you feel about that word, but I think those bands are not after art. And we just happened to be, we didn't know what right. else to do, but <laughs> that's sort of what we were.
1: We kind of had to do it.
2: Exactly. We were groping for for our natural sound. And... If you're groping, if you're not imitating, then you're just going to sort of fall into an art bubble and you can't get out that.
1: Let's, let's take a short break and we're going to come back to this art bubble. Okay? <laughs> oh, um, let me out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't worry, everything's fine. <laughs> um, living Writers on WCBN FM, Ann Arbor, today on the program, Kristen Hirsch is here. Her memoir, Rat Girl, um, we've got Crooked. We'll hear of part of it now. We'll be right back. back. You've got Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel. Today on the program, Kristen Hirsch is here. Um, we were just hearing a track from the album, Crooked, um, called Flooding. Um, Kristen, so that was written for Vic Chestnut? or uh, No, it or? was written before he died, and
2: I couldn't figure out why. I had no idea where the images of the song were coming from. Um. And I'm used. I'm used to that. I'm used to being confused by material, but because songs don't deal in linear time, sometimes you can be taken uh, by surprise when they kick in. And it was about Vic's death. Just I just wrote it a few months beforehand.
1: And so you actually, and so there were images. Um, so then, for those images, you put words.
2: Words, the words t- come. And they bring about images like a syringe uh, in your bloodstream. And normally it's taking pictures from your life stories. Yes. So I recognize them when they come. And I can't always remember them um, unless I'm actually in the act of playing it. But um, I was confused that I had all these images in my bloodstream that hadn't... That I hadn't lived through yet, and then they happened, and I was I was actually panicky after I wrote the song "Who's Gonna Die," and I knew Vic better than that. I we we had a pact, you know, he wasn't gonna go, but he wanted to. So,
1: and with uh, has that have you ever had um, in a different and perhaps a different song? body not the same circumstances at all but has there been other future sort of images that have come to you since where then you've been you recognize it as something oh that, sure it's yeah, happened oh, my okay. whole life oh well, it has that okay. accident
2: yeah i just I, I i shut my eyes to it because it's it's not usually a good thing i don't know why um but um it's more like get ready I don't like the songs that tell me to get ready because you can't. You're never ready.
1: Right, right. Um, well, it, somehow this this the feeling of um, how it seems to me that you so you so deeply trust the electricity. What's ha- what's being what's coming or what's mm-hmm. the building itself um like i i can't say like i it is it's um like it doesn't surprise me that you said it's like and you tried to make light of it by saying it's an art bubble or so or this this art because it feels so um to like uh like authentic, or, which seems like it's also a word that seems overused now a little bit. It's so valuable, though. It's, I, it's for I, a reason. I,
2: Everybody I, needs that word right now. I'm okay with it being overused. Okay.
1: <laughs> and, yeah, well, maybe because some things are so um, inauthentic, yeah. but not in the camp of surreal, which opens us, I think, to more possibilities or parts that we block out in the unconscious, but sort of the things that are fake or or being uh are marketed to us or yeah, so or the, right, it's, we like
2: feel the, manipulated we recognize the difference and that's actually what vic was so good at when he was good and he wasn't always because he loved writing songs he would force a song and he, ah. even when he knew better he wanted to hide uh he was very brave he was more brave than me about running off that song cliff um because he had a sort of admiration for the the poet. You know, there was, there was a drama that he admired in it. And I didn't have that. I was born without that gene. I just suffered for it. It felt like puking to me. And it was like, no, I don't want to go there. And for him, it was flying. So when he did it, when he was really flying, he was childlike and elderly and high and clear-seeing and hilarious and heartbreaking. Somehow, he embodied this, this dichotomy of life that was mm. exactly that, that was authentic. You bought that art bubble because it was so full-spectrum. Oh, and it was all things at once in some to way? To me, it really was. Or at least in, you know, three and a half minutes would go oh. by and you realize you've been everywhere with him. And yet... Um, he was a good self-editor so you didn't there was no fat to his great songs Mm. i always think of him here actually because we played a show together and um we were walking up the the street to dinner after sound check and he's so recognizable he's immediately surrounded by all these kids who were going to the show later and I'm not recognizable at all. I look like no one. <laughs> I can step off the stage and no one knows who I am anymore. So I'm just standing next to him, and they're all like, "Vic, Justin, Vic, Justin, will you sign this, will you sign this." And they said, and he loved that stuff. And I'm, I'm way too shy for that stuff. I'm always trying to find a new way to hide. But uh, you know, next to Vic, I didn't was need to. It? I was just <laughs> hiding behind his chair. And um they some. One of the kids said, "Is Kristen Hirsch really going to be there tonight?" And he goes, "Nah." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then that's when you were like elbow, <laughs> exactly. elbow to the shoulder. No,
2: he was just helping me hide, really. Right? No, that served actually... his amazing ego
1: <laughs> and sense of humor. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Huh? Oh, the the darkness and the humor. Right. That was him. That's
2: yeah, and nothing in between. He was nutty that way, (laughs) Uh,
1: but and that was and were you guys playing at the Ark? I don't know. I
2: just remember him, you know, kicking me off the bill. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: oh, wow, oh, memory lane. Yeah. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Well, by the time everyone hears this, she will have played at the Ark. So we'll have to look forward to when you return to town, which will be maybe sometime in the fall, Kristen. With um, the the new throwing muses, uh, yeah, absolutely. Throwing is, muses
2: is, is has just spent the last four years or so making a listener supported record that is I pared down from fifty songs to about thirty two, and it's actually being published as a book. So I wrote thirty three accompanying essays that sort of make sense of this piece. Um it's not as pretentious as it sounds no and, or not as I've, long as it sounds <laughs> some of the songs are really short, and it's very sweet it's sort of um velvet underground like or something i don't know the the production approach was necessarily a uh, human feel, which means trying to screw it up. <laughs> Which is really ass backwards for musicians.
1: <laughs> well, well, you we wanted to make it like um, you wanted to make it messy so that it could be more right. itself. We get, or, well, the songs
2: needed us to be messy or they didn't work. Huh. And we didn't go in right. thinking, "Oh, let's screw all this up." <laughs> we went in, and whenever it sounded perfect, it sounded wrong. So we started having to. Uh, the herky jerky performances, and that's when it really came to life. And so
1: it's it's extremely unpretentious, actually,
2: <laughs> especially for throwing muses.
1: <laughs> well, and is this since you said it was listener supported, and that's how it's came, Is this listener funded or funded? Yeah, is. Is it something then that can be more true to what throwing muses would have been if they you didn't feel like you had to be a certain way? That's, I think
2: a pretty accurate description. I think I I might have missed my chance to really have realized that, um, but the songs do this very unusual thing where they sort of come and go. It'd be like a thirty-second burst of a song, and then later on, it it will show up as a bridge in another song, or as an instrumental in something else. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of interplay of backing vocals or a chorus in another song. So there, there's definitely an aspect of trying to capture that floating sphere and, and give it a fair representation without freaking anybody out. Like I just don't Oh, I don't think you should worry about that. Well, I'm not sure I would have gotten anywhere if I had begun by freaking people out. Maybe now I could since nobody buys records anyway, I could just start doing it and say, "Well, it sounds exactly like this to me. What do you yes. think?" Yes.
0: Like,
2: I'll do that next time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Please. Okay. and um, but I think that's interesting because w- what you're describing also Kristen to me seems almost like it's makes sense that it's also this book that's coming in this other form because it almost sounds like an album novel if there's these different if if parts of movements or pieces are becoming other exactly. like characters there that are re-emerge wide story or, arcs
2: and there's episodic content and it is very much like a book, and the book um reflects that and our lifestyle, which is beginning on an island and traveling all over the world and coming back to the island and traveling all over the world, which is um, not unlike what the, the music does. It, it tries to get, get out there, but it comes back to fundamentals so it doesn't
1: alienate anybody. And maybe it's... Maybe, maybe you can't really know... What does or doesn't alienate? That is a good point. I think I may have grown up
2: under the auspices of record companies that thought they knew better. And they're all about this lowest common denominator, which I have yet to see evidence of. I think... Thank uh, goodness. <laughs> I really have never met a person who didn't have idiosyncratic taste in music. I know a lot of people are marketed to, but that's the marketer's decision. <laughs> if yeah. they want to hear a sound, they have to hear what is available. And as far as they know, what's being marketed is what's available. They don't always know how to reach into the underground and find the real stuff. But I don't blame them for that. I blame you know, the corporations that thought they had an easy answer, and they've, they've killed themselves off. So we win, but right now it's sort of a shambles. It hasn't organized itself yet.
1: Because well, it almost, it's, it seems um, sort of concerning because maybe the small smaller venues for music too, like you need to have the experiential part of music, not the just in your own, you know, iPod or so.
2: That's really being drummed out of our culture right now. From when I was a teenager, live was our tribal excursion it's where we went to get high on music. It was a group high. It, we had, we made the music together with the band and with the
1: audience. It it was a happening, <laughs> and to feel like there's some maybe some other understanding, even between different groups that might mark themselves quite differently. There was some understanding, or yes, absolutely, and. and No competition,
2: as is true today, no competition between real artists. We're all on the same side trying Mm. to build a bigger bonfire than the crap. We are only competing with with the crap. And the sad thing now is that it's really only crap that can afford to be on the road and playing live. (laughs) And we all know it, but there is no alternative that anyone can afford to
1: make happen. Hmm. Maybe Bill Gates is listening out there. That'd be great. Because we can. <laughs> really we would like to change the, the world. The music scene. <laughs> we'll start with the U.S., then we'll move Canada, Mexico, and then the world. We'll take a short break. You've got Living Writers today on the program. Kristen Hirsch is here. We've got Rat Girl on the table. You'll hear another track from the album Crooked. Welcome back if you're just tuning in. I'm so glad you did because today Kristen Hirsch is here in the studio. Um, And thanks again to Greg for engineering, playing the wonderful tracks off the album Crooked. Um, Thanks to Gina uh, for being here as our studio audience and Echo has wandered off. But I'm sure you will be back, right? We were boring. Uh, <laughs> go, no, no. Keep your radios turned on, listeners. <laughs> and Kristen, You're you could never talking. Never be boring. This is like it's. <laughs> I'll just be silent. Then it must obviously be on me. Um, and thanks so much for bringing the album with you, so we could hear these these tracks off of Crooked, and to to hear hear it. And, um, and
2: Crooked Crooked was listener funded as well. I'm completely Listener funded now no record company involvement whatsoever, which is that's political. It is and it's a dream come true for the music. There's there's nobody listening with an ear toward the marketability of the product because fans don't want that. In fact, They would reject that, right? Because they recognize it, right? They
1: would, yeah. They would sort of sense it if the
2: ones that last, yeah. Um, When I was on Warner Brothers, um, we got a lot of fans that uh, wanted to hear the single, and the single was always the dumb song. And in fact, I would, I, I actually wrote a really dumb, fake song (laughs) just to get them to shut up so they wouldn't drop us, right? You know, and then that becomes what everybody hears. I swore I'd never do it again. I haven't, but. It's it's sad how often musicians are disappeared uh, by that equation. Uh, so you lose those fake fans anyway. And I would rather sell a million records over 25 years than over one year and never work again. I've retained the fans that only wanted to hear the real stuff. And now that's all I have to play.
1: And Yeah, and it seems like you shouldn't... It seems like you wouldn't be able to sustain playing... Anything but the real stuff, actually. No, like, yeah, yeah.
2: I'd be written off by the real people who
1: have written off a
2: lot. Um, you know, they're not going to turn to a Top 40 Radio or Rolling Stone or Spin for their information. They know better. And um,
1: they don't like to be lied to. So it's probably like the, our, our listeners here on WCBN right, right. because it's free form and Absolutely. it's one of the last, I feel like, college stations that yeah. um, there's not many out there. So we have to I sort know. of band together in solidarity. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> uh, I
2: feel like this thanks is Thanks for coming, Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it feels like our revolution and then sometimes I think we're holdouts uh, and we're not going to last much longer. But either way, we're not lying and we're only talking to people who don't like to be lied to so that's a win in and of itself
1: yeah and and worth and valuable yes yes yeah um, so th- so the writing the pieces that are going to be on the next album that the essays Kristen um are those some of the essays that you were also cuz for a time I think uh, like maybe when we last spoke you were writing pieces for maybe Powell's independent bookshop in in Portland oh,
2: yeah.
1: and so, or are these all <laughs> new essays like are these all, all pieces new. they're
2: all um they just go with the record it's mm. it's what the record makes me talk about. It's, it's hard to be asked to write about music. You know, they call it right. dancing about architecture, and for me particularly. Uh-huh. But I can sit in the atmosphere of the music and say, it makes me go to this place. And then I'll have a story from, okay. you know, a beach in Australia. <laughs> and it's it's funny. It's mostly funny because there's some heavy stuff because the record is it's a throwing music record. It's intense. It isn't dark, but... um it, it sort of runs, the writing has to run the gamut or it wouldn't reflect it, but I, I try to lift the <laughs> level of emotion a little bit so that um, you it, you are reminded of who's actually playing the music. And we're, we're just three goofballs, and all we do is laugh for the most part because what else are you going to do? Even when it's time to cry, it's better to laugh. So um, the writing um, lightens the atmosphere of the record a little bit.
1: And with... And so maybe connecting this to to Rat Girl a bit, Kristen, with the the choice because my sense is, are you because this is this moment in time? Um, it seems to me. Tell me if I'm I'm not getting this quite right though. With the the structure is like it's 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 about a, a year or so in this 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 time frame but then with these pieces that are like poem prose chunks that sort of go back into your childhood mm-hmm. that that um are interspersed within yeah. the what seems more like the telling of a story that has right. like a, a more linear or no more narrative right flow to the it.
2: diary um wasn't something i really meant to do i was crashing in a dead guy's house with a bunch of
1: napoleon
2: yes very good In <laughs> napoleon's house with some other musicians and these painters and the the painters were about 20 so they were grown-ups and I thought they knew everything, and they were painters, you know. And they told me, "Well, painting is high art; music is low. Because look at these musicians—they're they're losers. And if you don't want to be a loser, then you should paint instead." And I, it was just so quiet, I, you know. I was manic, and I was a musician, so I wasn't ever gonna get there. So they said, "All right, I try writing in the interim, and then then you'll take sublimation to at least a slightly higher form, and then eventually you'll get to painting." Um, huh. Which is, was not not destined to be it's not, not the path, right. not the true path. So I didn't but know what just, I was doing. I was just trying to be a good girl, and I was Lisa Simpson. You know, obviously I was in college when I was fifteen. <laughs> I couldn't help but get straight A's because I was a but with bass. blue hair, like, blue hair. <laughs> yeah,
1: playing that, the guitar, that's telling,
2: still kind of dorky. <laughs> tell,
1: telling your dad that he didn't see the colors and was playing boring music when yeah. he was just trying to play Dylan. Right? Like <laughs> yes. that's kind of an amazing. <laughs> Well, I didn't didn't know how to keep
2: a diary, in other words. Uh, Ah. So I wrote it like a book. And then when I was asked to write a book, I didn't know how... I had never written a book except for the diary, so I wrote that like the diary. (laughs) But the diary actually had little memories from my childhood interspersed, because I was still a kid, and I didn't... You know how kids just forget. I didn't want to forget. Mm -hmm. So I wrote them down, and... Um, when it was time to turn the diary into what is essentially a non-fiction novel, I just made sure that the memories reflected the year, 1985, 1986, mm. um, so that they had, along with the song lyrics, they they sort of bring a little bit of color to the, the story.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I and couldn't do that now. It would be whiny for a 40-year-old to to be talking about her childhood. But, yeah, I was... 18. And and I was still a kid. I was still sort of under the spell of my hippie
1: childhood. <laughs> and And when you were putting this book together, you were sort of you were trying to keep that like trying to keep that part true, right? Like as it appeared in the book, and then you were sort of crafting parts of it so that it would be its own thing, yeah. its own... The book was I, a being exactly. a thing.
2: Otherwise, it would be rude to publish it. I, you know, you want well, the well, car to be there. You want to yes. be in the art bubble. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was like a bubble just, just to live in the scene and sort of push out the edges of the bubble and remember what my car smelled like right. and what the voice was like. Yeah, very good, you and your vocab. <laughs> <laughs> and the way we thought about music, we, we were still intrigued by our equipment, which... To me, I don't know it's like being intrigued by an egg carton. I'm just so used to my equipment now. Right. But at the time it was still like picks and cords and amps and the noise we make and there's an enchantment that is just going away when you're at the end of your teenage years that I wanted to make that I wanted to capture and it took staying up all night, you know, not sleeping to get it back. <laughs> but it's in there. It's, it's, there's a sweetness to the um the experience that I I don't think I I have anymore. That it's just that kid had
1: it, and you're. But you're still writing. Like you're still. you're writing these pieces of like these essays are coming to yeah, you. Th- and that's
2: the... me. And you'll see, it's very different writing. I mean, I, I haven't changed that much. I mean people said you captured the voice of a teenage girl so well. And then they talked to me for a minute. They're like, wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't grow up. <laughs> but this thank goodness, is, there's more. I, I think the songs got in. At the time, I was still shocked by the songs, but now they're sort of a part of me. So the writing on the Muses book is very similar to song lyrics, you know, unless I'm telling some goofy story, it gets a
1: little whoop. (laughs) But the songs got in to the, well, it seems like it would be, I would, as I was saying the writing, I realized I was meaning sort of this book form writing but the writing is the lyrics it's the songs it's all part it's not like they're separated out from each other i I guess right
2: it's a planet that lands on this one and it's a vocabulary you can't shake off after that happens it it's like another dimension and so it alters your perspective you can't really help that if if you buy it and I, i i do sometimes it seems more or if you're open
1: open to it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't. I fought it hard, but it kept being real. So, you know, it's, it's sort of like the way we think of dreams. Oh, it was just a dream. But when you're dreaming, it's not just a dream. So what if you carried that reality throughout your day? That's what songs are to me.
1: And you're making. Like the, the you songs, like to, you, yeah. the, the dreaming and they, the making. I oh. owe it to them. <laughs> Kristen Hirsch, thank you so much for being on Living Writers. Not making
2: any sense. <laughs>
1: perfect sense to me. And everyone out there is nodding in agreement (laughs) in our our studio audience and beyond. Thank you so much, Kristen. Thank you. Nice to be back. It's good to see you in the fall then. Absolutely. Okay. You've been listening to Living Writers today on the program. So happy to have been talking with Kristen Hirsch, um, her memoir Rat Girl and the album Crooked. Um, And stay tuned for the fall show because Kristen will be back with us. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm T Hetzel. Until next time.
0: Hold the flashlight under your chin closer as the lights dim. You lonely doll, you lucky dog. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. It's time for the Drive Time Polka Party. In the sun, so joyfully calls to me, come join my happy song.